Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Think Talk Create, the podcast of Strategy of Mind. I'm Karen Marinella Hall, Senior Associate at Strategy of Mind, a Boston-based global talent development and management consulting firm. And with me again today are Strategy of Mind co-founders, Ryan Stoltzer and Dr. David Brundell. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello. So good to be with you all again. Um, you know, we're going to have a conversation today about motivation, um, how and why some people are actually doing well during this um, pandemic period and what we can learn from the workplace perspective. And I'm reminded that when this all started, this whole pandemic uh, period here, I can remember us all saying, okay, everyone, it, you know, things are challenging. We're working from home. We've got kids running around. It's stressful. There's a lot happening. It's okay to not be as productive as you were before. Just kind of forgive yourself and recognize this is unusual and it's okay to not be as productive and motivated. And yet, what I'm hearing from you is that some people are really more motivated now than they were before. What's happening? It's it's a fascinating question and I see it in my psychiatry and, and the uh, in my executive coaching practice all the time. I think it's important to start out with acknowledging that most people, most Americans, have really suffered over the last few months. I think the majority are not doing as well. Uh, 20 to 25% unemployment, people with lots of fears about their jobs, for people who have their jobs and are working from home, trying to balance family life, children, homeschooling yeah. with work. There, there's a lot of stress, and we addressed the burnout uh, issue in our in our uh, previous segment. There is uh, a minority, but an important minority of people who are doing better uh, over the last few months. I think that's a true phenomenon that's worth talking about in itself. But most importantly, I think it's worth talking about because maybe lessons to be learned from why they're doing better that could be applicable across the entire workforce uh, going forward that maybe could become enshrined and, and permanent. Uh, so that's, that's what I would love to spend a little time exploring. What are, what are the factors that are making certain people actually do well over the last few months during the pandemic? And then, of course, all the other uh, major societal events that have, uh, that have happened uh, in more recent times. Do they fall into any particular buckets? Are there categories of types of people or personalities that seem to do better during times like this? I think there's a couple of um, important ways to look at that. Some are looking, uh, one way to look at it is the underlying factors, personality, temperament, physical and mental health that the individual had before the pandemic hit. And then the other side of the, co the coin is the situation, the environment, the, uh, the work situation that they may not have as much control over, but that is, that's affecting the situation. Now, certainly the people that are doing well uh, are people that may not have been complete pictures of health 100%, who is? Uh, but generally people who um, were, were basically doing well and are adaptable, resilient, flexible uh, types of uh, personalities. That's very helpful. 
the the uh, the flexibility, the adaptability, both of mindset and and behavior patterns. In terms of the situation that people are in, you know, what are the factors? And that may be the most important thing for us to think about now. What what are the factors, the the workplace setup, the expectations that are leading some people to do better? And um, in in observing my clients and also looking kind of personally within myself, it, it's often a, a feeling of control and autonomy that you're uh, you're able to make your own decisions about your work process. So many people are not commuting as much, and they're choosing how to use that extra hour or two of the day when they're not commuting. Mm -hmm. Some people are sleeping more, exercising a bit more, having breakfast or lunch with their children, mm -hmm. and in some cases doing more work and actually getting more, uh, more done. Not having that time monitored as much. So that the, the, the change in the commute, you know, if you're commuting from your bedroom to your Home office, that's a lot different than getting on a train or a subway or sitting uh, in, you know, in heavy traffic on the highway. Yeah. Also, during the workday, there are some people, there are some workplaces, and these are kind of the toxic ones where people are being monitored. How much time are they logged in? How many Zoom meetings are they showing up to? Mm -hmm. Those people are not doing it as well when their companies and their bosses are monitoring them like that. But with uh, many clients I'm seeing and working with, they're actually much more freed up to uh, just focus on getting a result with the work. And in some cases that may mean I'm going to take a walk in the middle of the afternoon. Nobody's monitoring me. No one's asking where, where am I? Why, why is he not at his desk? Mm -hmm. uh, so people with, uh, with more of a control or autonomy in their decision-making about how to use their time and their work process those people, especially if they're resilient and flexible to begin with, are actually really thriving in this environment. And I hear many people saying, I hope we can keep it this way, even, even when the uh, coronavirus uh, has become more a thing of the past. That is definitely one of the things that I, it's, it's, a, it's a humorous thing to hear is that, um, you know, certainly we, we don't want the, the virus to stick around and we want to make sure that that's long gone um, and, and, and behind us and people are, can go back to leading safe and healthy lives. Um, but the, the changes that, co that COVID has brought about, some of the positive changes that might come as a result of COVID, um, there certainly is a conversation of, geez, I, I, I hope it stays this way, you know, moving forward. For example, you know, with, um, um, I, I teach a course for, for uh, graduate business students, and there, many of them have actually spoken highly of the fact that the, the, we allow for Zoom classes now. So you don't have to show up and, ha and attend a class after you know, working all day. You can, you can go home, be with your family and have dinner, and then log into the class virtually and show your face and contribute, but you're not, you know, you're not commuting all that way. Um, you know, there's some students who would ordinarily have to drive one hour each way after work. So you're talking about 16-hour um, days for some of these some of these people and their healthcare workers, even some of them right now. So that would be, that would just be untenable. Um, but it's, yeah, it's interesting to think about what are the positive things that are, that are going to come as a result of COVID and how there are certainly a, a share of individuals who are saying to themselves, geez, I, I kind of hope that things stay like this to a certain extent. I'd love to be able to, you know, uh, go to my daughter's recital, or I'd love to be able to uh, have a flexible schedule or I'd love, you sure. know, for some of the changes. Do you think it's realistic? Do you, I mean, 
has the pendulum swung too far one way and it will kind of come back toward the middle is there what do you see what's your guess on what happens here and i know that's a tough question because who knows but what's what seems realistic here it's you know um there's no way that the world of work doesn't change there's just no way uh, if you look at previous pandemics and how things change as a result um historically we're, we're there there is a very strong argument for things will look different in 2022 or, or, uh, you know, pick the, hopefully sooner, maybe 2021. Um, uh, but they already look different now in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. But I think yeah. post, yeah, post pandemic, you know, when the, when, when the vaccine, um, is, is, is developed and delivered and we're, we're beyond COVID, uh, there will certainly be changes to the world of work. Um, you look at Twitter, for example, who said, yeah, you know what? We, we don't need to have you all in the office. Um, you can work from home moving forward indefinitely. This is not something that's a short-term fix moving forward. Cause if you can work from home now and we're still as productive and as successful now with everyone home under all this immense stress and pressure that we're under with COVID, who's to say that we all have to return to the office um, when, when COVID lifts. So, I mean, if, if nothing's, if this, if the, you're happier, why change it? And it's also, there's a, there, um, there's a very strong financial argument actually for allowing for flexible schedules and allowing folks to work from home because businesses are going to save tons of money on real estate costs. Um, I, there was an organization that I was working with a couple of years ago, a massive company that's in the fortune 50 and they had just uh, unbelievable uh, there, uh, you know, real estate expenditures on, on class A office space in really prime markets. And they were looking to, to, to cut some costs and to save some money. And real estate was one of the ways that they could do that. And they still had a massive workforce. So they needed to work somewhere. And what they did was they adopted a flexible work from home policy five years ago, you know, um, and that that gave them the flexibility to, to um, eliminate some of their real estate expenditures, which were significant, and still retain employees and not not you know not have to do any uh, layoffs, and they were able to work from home uh, with a flexible schedule. Um, and another policy they implemented, for example, was having a rotating schedule. So you would work from home a few days of the week, and, and you'd come in for a few days. So you'd have to be in the office one or two days. So everyone had to be in on Tuesday or Wednesday at certain hours. It, I mean, it was thinking creatively about it. So th there's going to be a change moving forward and companies can choose how they adapt to that. And what I'm wondering is how can we learn from those who do feel motivated right now? And when we think about that, if that is indeed the future, Ryan, how do we learn from the folks who, who are doing it well? Because as David said, most people are not doing it well right now. So what do we learn? How do we need to change? Well, so I, the one funny analogy might be retirement. Um, and maybe it's a bad analogy, but this is a, it's, it's something that has come to mind is that you hear about people who retire and they say the worst thing you can do is not work. Um, so you retire and you sit on your couch and that's the worst thing you can possibly do. You've got to get out and you got to do something. You got to volunteer. You got to stay active. You got to, you know, work part time to do whatever it takes, but you have to remain active and socially engaged. And it's sort of a similar mindset. Like there are plenty of people who, um, who are, 
let's just say in the equivalent position of somebody who's retired who are sitting on the couch and wanting to feel better, but wondering what they can do. And then there are other folks who have retired who are out there volunteering, who are working really hard, who are, you know, engaged socially and committed socially, who um, are telling them like, Hey, you know what, you just volunteer somewhere. Let's go, let's go work um, uh, with the animal shelter, or let's go, you know, let's volunteer for our high school or let's go do something. Um, um, let's join a golf league and be administrators for it. It's not just anything that would uh, that keep them busy. So um, I think there's a similar analogy there to retirement is, is staying busy and having that mindset, that sort of positive mindset of what can I do to feel good and maybe try to adapt that um, to, to folks who are, who are currently working. David, any thoughts? Yeah. I, I, my sense about what we can learn from this most fundamentally is that People have different work styles and needs, and companies should be as flexible and adaptable to them as possible. So rather than imposing work style, you know, work methodologies or locations across the board for everybody, regardless of their personality or style. We should try to move away from that and to the degree that companies can. Not every, you know, nurses need to go into ICU still. They can't work from home. We have this important knowledge that not everybody can work from home. That may be stating the obvious, but that, I think that is important. For, for, for the many people, and I think it is in the tens of millions of people who potentially could work from home, companies should look for, uh, for more flexibility and not imposing one way of doing things. Uh, or another. And I am seeing some companies doing that. There are some uh, very extroverted individuals who I work with in my practice who are chomping at the bit to get back into the office. They have, mm -hmm. they've not done well with being at home and, and more socially isolated. Yeah. yeah, I've referred to this period of time as kind of revenge of the introverts. We always talk about it's how introverts, true. True. Uh, you know, really often struggle in workplaces and they're you know, even if they're able to look extroverted, they're often exhausted by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, there are some people that want to, you know, at, at the end of the conference, they want to go to the lounge and keep talking away. And then the introverts yeah. just want to go back to their hotel room and watch a movie and go to sleep mm -hmm. by themselves. Uh, yeah. So we should find ways to allow the introverts to maybe work from home completely or at least more uh, for extroverts. Companies should find ways to, uh, especially as social distancing uh, loosens up, to have them more uh, more active. So I think what we will hopefully move toward uh, are companies and workplaces that are not uh, that are actually asking this question. Because up to now, I don't think many companies asked the question. They set up an office, they hired people, and they put them in offices or cubicles. That, that now really should be a very basic question. Where are people working? How are they working? And how can we uh, accommodate uh, people's needs? I mean, that's fundamental to this organization strategy of mind. That's, you know, a core value and belief that you have. My, my question here, follow-on question is, what does that do to the idea of creating culture in an organization? Do we have to rethink that in its entirety as well? I, I mean, I would love to uh, see more diverse cultures. I mean, that's as a society, that's what we're hopefully moving toward, that there's not just one way that people look and talk 
and eat and do things. You know, our yeah. country benefits from uh, coming together, but maintaining uh, our our differences right. and growing and learning together. Uh, I think that narrowly also can be applied to the the workplace. Some people do better at home. Some people do better coming in for part of the day rather than than others. So we might be, I hope, moving toward a more flexible and diverse work culture. Sounds like everything's on the table right now and up for discussion. Which is a great thing, you know, with all the tragedy of uh, the pandemic, uh, if, if, if something good can come out of it, we would, uh, we should, we should embrace that. And, and, and asking these, you know, fundamentally human questions about uh, how people work, how they can be empowered by their work rather than beaten down by it. If we're, if we're asking those questions going forward, then we've, uh, begun to turn some very sour lemons into, uh, into lemonade. Something important's happened. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you both for all of the wonderful insight and thank everyone for listening. We really look forward to joining you again next time. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover on the Think Talk Create podcast, feel free to email our team, coaches, C-O-A-C-H-E-S at strategyofmind.com. Coaches at strategyofmind, one word, Take care. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Think Talk Create podcast, the official podcast of Strategy of Mind. To learn more about Karen, Ryan, and David and the work they do, feel free to visit their website, www.strategyofmind.com. Ryan and David's book will be published next year by the Hachette Book Group under the Public Affairs imprint. Thank you for listening.